Hey everyone, welcome to episode 5 of the Treat Us Right podcast. This is David Williams, founder and CEO of Karen Health. I admit this will be a tough episode. I had a number of interviews planned to air in this slot, but as you all know, the world changed in 8 minutes and 46 seconds. The killing of George Floyd set off worldwide protests. Finally, this has to stop. As a black man, I could see myself in Mr. Floyd. He was just about my age. He still had a long life to live. But George Floyd's death by police is different. It feels different. It's not just black people shouting, Black Lives Matter. White people and allies of every different color and creed have hit the streets. Like Dave Chappelle said, the streets are talking. The streets are shouting for justice. This has to stop. No more needless and avoidable death by the real police, like Eric Garner, Breonna Taylor, George Floyd, and most recently Rayshard Brooks. Or from the fake or off-duty police, like Trayvon Martin, Ahmaud Arbery, and Botham Jean. I wrote a statement on the Sunday following George Floyd's death to the Karen Health community entitled Unrest, Injustice Under the Law and in Health. I'd like to share an excerpt here. I can't breathe, George Floyd and others. Yesterday was a rough day. I spent the morning delivering groceries to a family with special needs children. They are unable to go to the store because of COVID-19. The family lives in the Fairfax district of Los Angeles, and the protests were just getting started at 10 a.m. By the early evening, the protesters were clashing with police within steps of where this extremely vulnerable family lives. In these extraordinary and now turbulent times, we must understand the context of unrest and uprising. In a recent Treatise Right podcast episode, I reviewed how COVID-19 exploded the impact of health disparities, the statistically proven reality that people of color, the poor, disabled, and seniors receive inadequate health care in the United States. It seems that black folks are dying at a rate double our population representation in each community across the country. This begs the question of why. The conclusion, health disparities are caused by racial inequities. The death of George Floyd and the footage of the white police officer kneeling on Mr. Floyd's neck has caused an eruption. Black people were already sensitive based on the disproportionate deaths due to COVID-19 in our community. Mr. Floyd's death ripped open an already bleeding wound. With protests raging across the country, the reason for this unrest is injustice. This is all about fairness. You can definitely read the rest of the piece as I'll have it linked on the post that accompanies this podcast. But make no mistake, this is all about fairness. It's about equity. It's about equality. The statement has been viewed more than 7,000 times across channels. It's still gaining views every single day. People want to read about these experiences, learn from perspectives, delve deep into the conversations. Now is the time to share stories.
In a compelling and heartbreaking post, a friend of mine asked this question of black men. When was the first time you had the police point a gun at you? No one ever forgets having a gun pointed at you. I was 22 my first and thankfully only time. Late night traffic stop in New Jersey. That story is for another day, but the post had over 300 comments. Stories of black men and the police pointing guns at them. At 22, I was one of the oldest first-timers. Multiple men said they were eight and nine years old. Their first time having the police point a gun at them. Age 13 was common. 15 and 16 had numerous stories of harassment so common to black teens. Every time that happened, we were all one poor judgment call from death. Just think about that. Treat us right. And with that title, there is another meaning. We are still in a viral pandemic. COVID-19 is still ravaging the world, and the lack of effective response hasn't reduced the spread the way it should have by now in the United States. Two million plus cases, more than 116,000 people have lost their lives. But now we have to protest. We have to protest because the police should not kill us. But in so doing, we are breaking social distancing guidelines. And social distancing has proven to reduce spread of COVID-19. These protests will very likely lead to more cases of COVID-19. And a disproportionate number of deaths among black people. And it's mainly because the initial response wasn't handled well by the federal government. I'm not trying to be political, just stating facts as they're known. A study out of Columbia University says 84% of deaths could have been avoided with better response. 84%. Think about that. All the families in mourning have needlessly lost a loved one because someone didn't like the playbook created by a team led by a black man. Am I overstating it? I don't think so. I don't think so. There was a playbook for this, and it was ignored. Healthcare inequality is an outcome of racial inequality. Racism in healthcare, though, is both interpersonal in terms of conscious and unconscious bias, as well as institutional based on restricted access to the best doctors, treatments, and facilities. So not only are black people more likely to be infected by coronavirus from providing essential work or being connected to those people, but we are also more likely to get subpar care. That's just facts. If you need an example, what about Ohio State Senator Steve Huffman? You hear about this? He wonders out loud if COVID-19 spread among black people is due to poor hygiene. 
poor habits. This man is treating patients and sits in the Ohio State Senate. Well, he used to practice emergency medicine. His comments and bias got him fired. On March 26th, the HHS Office for Civil Rights in Action issued a bulletin entitled Civil Rights, HIPAA, and the Coronavirus Disease 2019, or COVID-19. The purpose of this bulletin was to explicitly state that patients could not be discriminated against for treatment of COVID-19 on the basis of race, color, national origin, disability, age, sex, and exercise of conscience of religion. So, okay, they got that right. The bulletin also unintentionally makes a giant statement, though. It states, Decisions by covered entities concerning whether an individual is a candidate for treatment should be based on an individualized assessment of the patient based on the best available objective medical evidence. What this statement is saying is that the doctor should consider what they know in the moment about the patient and what the medical evidence says about how to proceed with treatment in similar cases. Sounds reasonable, right? But there are some problems. Number one, what if the doctors don't have any personal information on you in the moment? Electronic medical record systems may not have relevant information on your health experience outside of a previous hospital visit or maybe a doctor visit, or maybe they don't have any information at all. And number two, the peer-reviewed medical data that is supposed to be referenced is also problematic. It is well-documented that people of color are underrepresented in medical research. You see where this is going? You or a loved one could be in a situation where the doctor has very little information about you, and the medical evidence available doesn't have any data on people like you. What happens then? Well, the doctors make treatment decisions based on their experiences and their biases. Healthcare inequality among black people is a direct result of racism, both social and institutional. Treat us right. So how can we change this? How can we alter this course for ourselves and our families? Well, the answer is within all of us, each of us, in fact. The way to beat this is to know your personal health experience, to transform your health experience into data and to have that data available to be shared with the healthcare system in any situation. Like I said, an emergency, a routine doctor visit, or anything in between. That way, doctors can make individualized decisions based on your personal data, data from your health experiences, and not be left for their judgment or bias to treat you to decide how they treat you. It is this practice of 
transforming your health experience into data that drives us at Karen Health. That is the inspiration from what my mother, Karen Williams, did to beat her cancer and to live for 27 years when she was told she had six months to live. That's how she did it. And we can show you how to create data from your health experience. In two minutes a day, you can generate the data you need and have it shareable in any health situation. We can help you. At Karen Health, our mission is healthcare equality. And that starts with you and each of us documenting our health experience. So that the healthcare system can treat us right. If you want to learn more about how we can help you, you can email me, david at yeskaren.com, or you can visit us at www.yeskaren.com slash families. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Treat Us Right podcast. Treat us right in healthcare, inequality, and injustice. Take care, everyone.